0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm waiting for you. I can almost see you sitting right there. I've really been waiting for you, and I'm so excited that today you and I together can begin to study about 10 powerful women from the Bible. You might say, well, why are you teaching on the subject of women? Why don't you teach on the subject of men? I will. We're going to get to that But this week and next week, I'm going to be speaking to you about 10 powerful women. And Denise is going to be with me in every program. But right now, I'm offering you my brand new series, which is called 10 Powerful Women. You need this series. It is so filled with insights from the Old and New Testament about women who were very powerful and influential. Some of them used it in a good way. Some of them used it in a bad way, but in every case, there was always a story of redemption. You will just love this, and it comes with a study guide. This study guide is loaded with all the points, all the principles, everything in these programs. It's also in the study guide, and dear friend, when you have the study guide that you can read, And the series that you can hear or you can see, it really helps you get the teaching down deep inside you. And in this particular series, there's a lot of teaching you're going to want to get down deep inside you. And right now, we're also offering you the book called All the Women of the Bible. What women of the Bible teach us today. This book is marvelous This is a book that you need. You will devour it. It literally covers all the named and unnamed women in the Bible and what we can learn from them. So order yours today. You can order all of these by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we immediately send you two books as our way of saying welcome to Our partner family, a partner is anyone who financially, regularly supports our ministry. And you help us take the teaching of the Bible around the world. That's why we call you our partner. And the moment you call us or go online to become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness and my book, which is dedicated to partners, which is called Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations And from now until October, we're offering our brand-new autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth at a Radical Discount on our website store. There's a picture of me and Denise on Red Square. Who would have ever imagined that me from a little town in Oklahoma and Denise from a little town in northeastern Oklahoma that we would end up in Moscow, Russia? In fact, that is where I'm speaking to you from right now it is so unlikely. But God had an adventure planned for our life, and he has one plan for your life as well. And that's why the back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. So order yours today by going online or give us a call. But I'll be back in just a moment. And today, Denise and I are going to be teaching you.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
0: Before we get into the teaching, remember that if you need prayer about anything, we want to hear from you. Give us a call or send us an email, and the moment we hear from you, we're going to really begin to pray for you. That is our promise To you before the Lord. But today, Denise Renner is with us.
2: Thank you, Rick. I'm so honored to be a part of your program. Well, you
0: know what? I just felt like since I'm going to do a series called 10 Powerful Women, I needed a powerful woman to be on the program with me.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Rick. Well, I'm thankful.
0: Well, you are a powerful woman.
2: Thank you, And nanny. Denise, do
0: you have your Bible?
2: I do. I, and look at my Bible. That's why, if, if, if I'm powerful, this is why, because look at my Bible. Well,
0: the Word of God gives us strength. Where the Word <laughs> of a king is, there, there is, is power. power. But today we're going to talk about <laughs> Eve. Oh. But the reason I want Denise to be here is because I need a powerful woman alongside of me. And Denise is powerful. And Denise is very influential in my life. She helps me. She supports me. She has walked a very long adventure with me. Denise recognizes me as the head of our home. And Denise has used her influence in a godly way in my life and in the life of our family. I just can't think of a better example than Denise Renner as a powerful woman. So, Denise, that's why I wanted you to be with me today. Rick, thank you for all those kind words. I just receive them into my heart. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. But let's reach for our Bibles, and today we're going to talk to you about a woman who had great influence, and she has affected all of us. The Bible is filled with examples about women, and some of the women use their influence in an evil way, and many of the women used their influence in a very godly and supportive way. There were women just like you facing the same struggles that you 're facing, but they overcame but today we 're going to begin with a very powerful woman, and it 's the first woman in the Bible. so Denise, who are we going to talk about?
2: We are going to talk about eve
0: eve the first woman she was not born, she was supernaturally made by the very hands of God. Wow. The first woman to live on earth, she was a complete, perfect woman. Can you imagine that, Denise? And because she was fabricated by the very hands of God, she was the most beautiful woman that ever lived. And like Adam, she was adorned with the glory of God. You know, in Romans chapter three, it says, we've all sinned and fallen short of The glory of God. Well, people think that Adam and Eve were naked, and in fact, they were according to our eyesight, but they were dressed in the glory of God. And Eve was a radiant, glorious being, the most beautiful woman ever made by the hands of God until she fell. But she was made out of Adam. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 first about the creation of Adam. It says, And the Lord. God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and at this moment Adam was there by himself. Verse 9. Out of the ground, may the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the side and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15. Listen to this amazing verse. And, Denise, this verse is really important about the story of Adam and Eve. Look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to address it and to keep it. What does that mean to address it and to keep it? Well, to dress it means to cultivate and to improve. Now, that is amazing to me because I would think the Garden of Eden was perfect. How could you cultivate it? How could you improve it? But here we find a principle from the very beginning of the Bible that anything God puts in our hands, God expects us to improve it, to cultivate it, and to take it to a higher level. Whether it's the garden, whether it's a gift, whether it's your home, whether it's your marriage, God intends for us to dress it to cultivate it, and to improve whatever he has put into our hands. But it also says Adam was to keep it. And guess what? The original means to keep it from danger, to keep it from something evil on the outside that wants to get on the inside, which means God informed Adam there is a predator out there whose name is the devil. And he's going to try to find a way to get into the garden, and your responsibility as the head of the garden is not only to dress it, but you are to keep it. You are to protect the garden from this foul invader. God informed Adam that Satan would try to find his way into the garden. Adam was the head of the garden. So God needed to tell him about this arch enemy and God explicitly informed Adam there's someone evil on the outside who's going to try to find his way on the inside. And Adam understood that he was to obey God, and in his obedience, every door would remain sealed shut so the devil could not find his entrance into the garden, and it was Adam's God given responsibility to protect the garden and to keep the devil from getting in. And Adam understood his responsibility because God had clearly communicated it. One thing you need to know is God is a master communicator, and God had clearly communicated to Adam, You are to protect the garden from this outsider. But then when you come to chapter 2, verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And Adam understood disobedience in this matter would be the door opener that would allow the devil into the garden. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Well, what does that mean? Help me. Denise is a helpmeet in my life, but the Hebrew word actually means one adapted to the man. But I want to say that in Christ, women have become co-rulers and co-partners with their spouses. In lands where the gospel does not shine, women often are treated like slaves. But in Christ, women are elevated to a co-ruler, a co-partner. And when God gave the woman to the man, God saw that this woman was going to be his partner in life. And in Genesis 2, verse 19, the Bible says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20, And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But notice this, But for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. And here we see that Adam was naming all the animals, and he saw that the animals came in pairs. And Adam was looking among all the animals for his mate, and he couldn't find one. He must have said, where's mine? He didn't have a helpmate. So the Bible says in Genesis 2, 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, that's what the King James Version says, and closed up the flesh thereof instead. Well, Denise, the Bible says he fell into a deep sleep. It's amazing. So while Adam slept, Eve was formed. And I just want to say, God is all the time working, even while people are sleeping. But the Bible says he formed her from a rib. What does that mean? Well, first of all, the word rib does not appear in the original. The, Greek, the Hebrew simply says something that he took from Adam's side. It wasn't necessarily a rib, but he withdrew this substance from Adam's side. I really like what one anonymous person has stated. She was not made out of his head to surpass him, nor from his feet to be trampled on, but from his side to be an equal to him and near to his heart to be dear to him. God was creating for him a helpmate and a partner in life who would co-rule with him. And they were to be heirs together of the grace of life, which is what Peter referred to in 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 7. Let's look at it together, Denise. Peter says, Likewise, ye wives, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Well, Denise, people see that weaker vessel and they think it means that the woman is inferior. But in fact, it describes a very treasured vessel, something fragile, something that should be treated like it is precious. And then he says, being heirs together of the grace of life. And this was God's plan from the very beginning, that man with his wife would be heirs together of the grace of life. Amen Denise.
2: Amen. Well, Rick, I can see how in Ephesians chapter five, verse thirty three, how this can happen, because it says that the husband is to love his wife as he loves himself, and she is to respect. Her husband, So if you see the husband, he loves his wife as he loves himself, and she respects him, then there's going to be harmony. And look what they can do together.
0: We're supposed to be co-rulers in life, heirs together of the grace of life. But in Genesis 2, verse 22, the Bible goes on to say, And the rib, and we understand it really means from his side, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her Unto the man. I just have to comment that when it says, made he a woman, the Hebrew word literally means God constructed the woman and then brought her to the man, brought pictures, a magnificent presentation. (laughs) Adam had been looking for his helpmate when he was naming all the animals. He must have felt it was a little unfair that everyone had a spouse, everyone had a mate, but he was alone. So God took substance from his side, constructed a woman, and then brought her to the man. It was a magnificent presentation.
2: I want to say to every woman that's listening right now, you are a magnificent presentation.
0: Amen. (laughs) Well, hey, let's go on to verse 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Well, what does that mean, woman? Well, the Hebrew word really means having man-like manlikeness. She was different, and yet she was like Adam. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 5 verse 2, Male and female created he them. Now, notice this, Denise. Male and female created he them and called their name Adam. In the beginning, both of them were called Adam. God gave both of them one name. Adam and Eve together were called Adam. They had one identity and they retained one identity until the fall. Isn't that amazing? It shows God's plan for unity in marriage. Eve's separate identity emerged after the fall. This is when she began to feel separation from her husband's authority. This is when tension began in the home. All of that did not exist before sin came. Eve was given to her as a name after the fall, and that name was given to her not by God. It was given to her by Adam. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 and 20. Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. But when you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it continues to give us God's plan for marriage. Therefore shall man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be called one flesh. Verse 25, and they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed again. They were dressed in the glory of of God. Now, we know that the fall eventually occurred, and Eve has taken all the blame for the fall. But let's look at the fall today in a brand new light. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, now notice, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But notice those words, neither shall you touch it. God did not say that. God said nothing about touching the tree. God said you shall not eat of it. Eve misunderstood the instructions. She thought there was something poisonous in the tree and that if they touched the tree, it would be fatal to them. She thought it was poisonous. Do you know why? Because her husband had failed to communicate. It was not about the tree. It was not about poison. It was the issue of obedience and disobedience. Adam failed to communicate and the devil found ignorance in Eve, not because she was ignorant, but because her husband had failed to properly communicate all the facts. And to be honest, many times husbands assume that their wives understand things and their wives don't. And here we find at the very beginning of time, Adam had poorly communicated with his wife. She did not understand the issue was obedience and disobedience. And Eve has taken the blame, but honestly... Adam had not clearly communicated. And it appears that Eve was ignorant because of her husband's poor communication skills. So let's be honest about who really failed here. But then look at chapter 3 and verse 1. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, verse 5, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And notice the last part of verse six and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Now, wait a minute. If Eve did this ignorantly, Adam did not, because God had clearly communicated to Adam what would take place if he ate of that tree. Adam knew, however, that if he did not join her, he was going to lose her. He knew that if he remained pure and she remained in sin, they would become instantly unequally yoked, and he knew that eventually she would die, and he would go on living, and he couldn't bear the thought of being separated from her So he reached out and knowledgeably partook of the fruit. But Adam understood exactly what he was doing. And verse 7 tells us, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, because the glory of God had fallen off of them. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Look at verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Verse 10. And God said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Verse 12, and the man said, the woman whom now gavest to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And here immediately we see the effects of sin as Adam begins blaming everybody else. God, it's your fault. You gave me the woman. It was the woman who gave me this to eat. He immediately tried to shift blame to his wife, but Adam was the head of of the human race, and God held him responsible for what happened, not his wife. And that is why we're told in Romans 5, verse 12, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. But notice in Romans 5, 12, there is no mention of Eve. It says by one man, this entered into the world through Adam, not through his wife. Then look at verse thirteen, Genesis three, thirteen. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Well, if she had been properly informed by her husband, she probably would not have been beguiled. But in verse 14, the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this thing, thou art cursed above all cattle. Then if you would, look at verse 15 where God makes a promise that Eve heard. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And here God immediately promised a Redeemer who is going to defeat the work of the enemy, even though Eve has made a mistake, and Adam has made a mistake, God is right there from the very beginning to say, there's hope. We're going to turn this story around. And Denise, we're out of time. But you know, God always gives us hope and gives us the ability to turn the story around. And maybe there's a woman listening to us today, and she's done something innocently that was wrong, God will give you the ability to turn it around, and that's what we learn from the story of Eve. We'll be back in just a moment, and we are going to pray
1: for you. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament, Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: My friend, I need to speak to you very directly and honestly, just for a moment. We need your help. You say, Rick, how do you need our help? Well, our ministry is bursting at the seams. We're so thankful that people around the world are tuning in to listen to our program because they feel like they finally found teaching they can trust. I hope that you feel the same way too. Well, if this program has been a blessing to you, just magnify that by people all over the planet that are tuning in to listen to our teaching and they're reaching out to us for prayer, They're calling us for resources, for spiritual support. And that is a God-given responsibility. And we take this very, very seriously. But because we're bursting at the seams, we have to make some physical changes in our office in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have outgrown our building, and we need a new building, and we have found one and it is fully furnished at the same time we are expanding our studio in moscow and it takes a lot of money to build a tv studio these are two very large projects that are taking place simultaneously and we can do it but we need your help to do it and i'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of this project and give into our ministry to help us expand we're told in isaiah chapter 54 to strengthen your stakes lengthen your cords, get ready for growth. And my friends, God is really responding to us and he's sending this growth. And now it's time for us to do what we have to do to accommodate the people that God wants us to help. Would you help us help them by enabling us to expand so we can better take care of people. And if your heart is saying, yes, I can be a part of this, if you would just go online to our website, you'll see how you can give or give us a call right now and we'll talk with you and we'll pray for you as together we expand. The time today has just gone like that, but Denise, I've had such a good time in the Word today. Rick, I loved it. How powerful. You know, tomorrow we're going to see about a nameless woman who literally changed History. You don't have to be known to change history. And tomorrow we're going to be studying a nameless woman who literally changed history. It's going to be great. But, friends, please order the whole series, which is called 10 Powerful Women. It comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now the book called All the Women of the Bible. Denise, every woman ought to order this. It is so powerful. Men ought to buy this because it's just filled with insight about powerful women. And right now we're also offering you until October our new biography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. It is our unlikely story. But we want to pray for you. Denise, let's join hands. Father, we thank you for everyone listening to us today. We thank you that you've given us power and you've given us influence. Help us to use it right. Help us to be godly. Help us to be delivering. Help us to be helpful. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Amen. Remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you and we want to hear from you. And until tomorrow, remember Ecclesiastes 8:4, where the word of a king is, there is power.